You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. This is episode number 259 of the Centralia's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by a man who's recovering from the Rona, Jesse Riddle. Hello. My forever co-host, Dakota Davis. And uh, Zach Burcham is over there on the producer's desk making things sound incredible. That's right. Tonight at the top of the show, we will be uh, recapping some things that happened for the Henry County Bicentennial, and Zach is going to fill us in on what we can expect next in those events. And then we're going to go through Henry County's financial plan. Um, We had a three-year financial plan presented by uh, Baker Tilly, and then uh, the county also held a public hearing about food and beverage bonds. And then at the very end of the show, we are going to be talking about the Indiana special special legislative session that is going to be occurring on July the 6th and uh, what we are hearing and expect to see during that uh, whole uh, shindig. So make sure you stick around until the end of the show. This show is about our lives in rural, rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you will always learn something new. If you are a member of the Patreon community, you just received a spectacular 30-plus minute adventure with gifts. Great gifts. A photo shoot. Pictures that I think most of you will laugh about in years to come. Pictures that will wow you. You might even... Find them very interesting about 2 a.m. in the morning by yourself, laying in bed. Mm. Patreon.com slash Boss Hulk of Liberty. That's where you can go to find out what that is all about. Yeah, we had some uh, interesting happenings during the Patreon portion. Um, Jeremiah is a world traveler. I'm a farmer. So, you know, go over there. When did you become a farmer? That's uh, part of the joke, Jesse. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm new here. It's going to be a fun night. If you donate at patreon.com slash balls hog of liberty, then you get a bunch of bonus content. Like uh, Jeremiah just said, we do a 20 minute bonus episode. Tonight was more like 30 minutes. Uh, we had a lot to talk before about. every episode, and it's a lot of fun. We do a, a lot of fun stuff on that uh, on that portion of the show. And then we also will send you gifts occasionally. You get to show notes ahead of the time with all of the links that we use to put the show notes together. So you can follow along in real time and see our sources of information. And if you donate at $50 or more a month, then you get a shout out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, and then uh, the meme man himself, Mr. Anthony Meyer. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't want to give away any of these guys' gifts, but if they turn out that they don't want one and one of those big three Patreon donors decides they want one of the shirts from the photo shoot, I bet we could probably autograph them and send them their way. Definitely. So if if they determine that they want that, or if they want us to just light them on fire, uh, mm. we could probably do that for them as well. Getting violent with it. 
All right, the Henry County Bicentennial. We've been uh, covering this a lot. Uh, we had Scott Frost and Carrie Barrett on the show, and they talked about the world record knockout attempt that was going to be happening, and it did happen on Saturday. And uh, we fell just over 200 people short of setting the world record that is set was set by the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's a shame. I couldn't. I couldn't make it. It was in the middle of Jackson's nap time, so. I was I was on nap duty. I was up in uh, I was I was at the Grand Canyon of the East, unable unable to attend as well. But if I had been in the state of Indiana, damn it, I would have been there. Sounds like a lot of excuses. It, it looked like, oh, listen, I was I was hundreds of miles away. Jesse, but it was, where were you been at? Cool. What day was it? Saturday. Saturday. You had COVID. You were in the in the midst of Omicron. No. Saturday. Saturday. What time? Saturday. One one, one p.m. I was at home. <laughs> In the midst of Omicron? Uh, no, I was, I was cleared from Omicron on Friday. So I was sitting there looking to find myself a, a bar to pull up to and pour, pour beer and not try to shoot any goddamn goals. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't help. I'm Zach, a pretty good Zach, shooter. I, I was a good shooter. I could have probably helped them get an extra 10 or 20. I was in the building. Were you in the attempt? I didn't know. I, f- I took some pictures of my drone. I flew my drone in the field house. <laughs> So oh, that's pretty cool. But you didn't, you weren't one of the record attempt, attempters no, at that point. The, nah, I felt my kids, like I kind of ran over there and ran back. My family was all at the pool. They should have emptied the pool out and just made everybody go over there and done it there. But well, what was the goal? Can you it was like 701. Yeah, I no, agree. No, no, they no, probably no, no, should have no. got the police to empty the pool and force everyone there. That what was the good. goal? Like, what did they have to do? I've read <laughs> four pieces of. Did you get like there to get like seven hundred and one people? I think to do a, a to shoot a basketball knockout. Essentially. Yeah, you just line up and do free throw. You can sh- you get one, sh- you shoot once, and if you miss, you can try and shoot it again one time. But if the person behind you after your first attempt, if they make their basket, then you're out. Yeah, yeah. And you just so, keep looping around until you're done. Yep. Does the game have to complete, or you just does the game to have more people? Game was to have the most people. Oh, yeah. so you could have just showed up. Yep. We couldn't even get. How many? 702. This county sucks. <laughs> Jesse. Wow. Jesse. You didn't go. I, you can't throw stones when you didn't go. I'm not throwing stones. Just letting you guys know. Outsider's point of perspective. You live You're not an outsider. Now. You live here. Oh. You're born this is here. your county, too. You're raised here. <laughs> you live here. Wiser words have never been said, is all I'm saying. You could have ridden over on the bus. They had the Hickory Cornhuskers bus over there. I would not have done that. I would have driven my Lincoln with air conditioning <laughs> to, I, the, to the event. <laughs> so they came up We're, just short. Zach, how could they have done this differently? Do you think Do you think it just... It, man, I don't want to be... I try not to be super critical because all those people are hustled. I mean, it was there was a lot going on at the time. Like In hindsight, you knew the weather was going to be as nice as it was. It was hot, but the field house is in air conditioned, so what's that matter? Probably could have done it outside and then like had people know. Um, there was a car show going on at the same time that should have drugged those people in. Um, I wish I had known that they were like how short they were. Like I was at a city council meeting Monday and it came up there. Um, I, don't know. I never it's heard. It's kind of tough to know how many people are I coming. never heard, but they had a pre-registration. And I, I, never heard a, I never heard a count. No, they just asked people to sign up. I didn't because, mean to say sell tickets, but you should have like they had, had an tickets. RSVP system. Yeah, they had, yeah. They had an online RSVP system. If you did it, you got a shirt. What the was the RSVP numbers? You know, uh, I'm not sure. That's what he was still, just saying. They were still signing people up. Yeah, that, I would like to have 
known. I think if they had potentially if they had said on Monday, like the city council meeting, because the Courier Times is there, said, "Hey, we've got this many people. We need. We really need more." Then maybe some people would have mobilized. It's that, and the other thought is just have it during a big basketball game, a Hall of Fame Classic, something like that. Yeah, we've that already made, got. Yeah. I mean, it, as bad as Jesse says, Henry County is the fact that the record is seven hundred and one, and it was done at a. NBA basketball game and you during do. a game, and that's all the people they could so get. There's to come twenty thousand people yeah, there. There's fifteen to twenty thousand people there, and this was a standalone event. And this was a standalone event. There was nothing else going on. Um, I, I do so. think that if you did it during Hall of Fame Classic or during sectionals, yeah. when you've got eight thousand people in the building, and you say, "Hey, we're doing this at halftime," or you're doing this between games at the Hall of Fame Classic, yeah, I think they would slaughter it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um. I wanted to give an update because whenever Scott Frost and Carrie Barrett were on, I mentioned that there were new murals on the side of the Spiceland Library. Um, and Scott was like, oh, they should have applied for grants, whatever. Those are not murals, um, I found out. So a little bit of housekeeping here. Those aren't actually murals. But I do think it was pretty neat because the Tri High um, art students – uh, painted these like their book covers from famous novels so like Fahrenheit 451, The Great Gatsby, okay. etc. And then they made them on cutouts that were the perfect size to go in the old windows that had been bricked over. And then they came and they hung them up. So it's pretty neat. They look really good. So kudos to those students. Zach, what do we got next? We've already passed the beard contest. Yeah, there's not much left. Actually, I was looking. I had to look, double check. I don't have like the placard um i know they're doing like still doing like tuesday talkies to the library so that's going on the next two tuesdays and i believe that this was it this week or next week they've been doing the passport and that the, the yeah. big winner was for that and it was kirsten cronk's son four years old he won a thousand dollar grand prize kirsten man. kirsten kirsten um and then the i believe that this this week is the uh, i'm gonna have to pull up the website again um is the time capsule finishing that up sealing it up I bet they've been hard at work figuring out how to do that effectively. And I'm not sure. I think it goes in the ground this week as well. I'm not sure that though. Aaron Dickin would be better suited to, to answer that one. But I think we're almost we're almost done with the actual festivities. Like I said, there's a couple more days of stuff at the library on Tuesdays. All right. And then some other local Henry County stuff. Um the county held a public hearing that was to discuss the food and beverage bonds. This is different from the food and beverage money. I think this is the official – now that they've decided how they're going to spend the money, they have to take the official action to they secure to the money. On it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. They've decided how they're going to allocate it, and now they are now they actually trigger the event, the legal proceedings to, to be able to borrow the money. Our three big ones are the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, which is doing a, a big expansion on the property. Um, they're going to get a, a chunk of that money. And then there's going to be a child care facility that's going to be – Expanding the childcare facility at the YMCA is going to be expanding, and then there's going to be a litany of upgrades at Memorial Park. Um, the total cost of all that is just under three point four million dollars. So, yeah, a lot of work went into the process. We we just we discussed it very heavily throughout the throughout the process over the winter, and there at the last minute there was the change that came in regarding Memorial Park getting money versus. You know, additional funds going to the YMCA or going to to the expo, which had had made their presentation. Um, 
there was another Courier Times article that I noticed when I was in my travels. Uh, it sounds like the Henry County Forge Association and the park are, are trying to figure out how they're going to do some immediate upgrades to the old building um, right now and trying to figure out how they're doing a county fair in about a week and a half because um, they've got some electrical issues and other stuff that's going on. So um, Memorial Park's always got <laughs> always got holes to plug. It's never ending there. I mean, you have a lot of maintenance issues on a lot of ground and not a lot of people to do them. And I, th- so. I think also that the YMCA has to secure a certain amount of their own funding for their project. And if they don't get it done by a certain date, then that their allotment would go back into the county would then have the decision on what they wanted to do with them. That'd be good. Uh, that'd probably be a good guess too. Can you hook us up with the Henry County CEO for the YMCA? Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> let's make that happen, Zach. Um, and then let's see some other things for Henry County. Baker Tilly, uh, which is an independent consulting firm for finances, it's the county's the county's consultant that they uh, they they defer to for a lot of their major uh, major reports and creating the decision making tools for the elected officials. Clay Morgan has been on the show previously after they've given their uh, comprehensive plans for finances for the county. Um, he's been on, and it seemed like in past years, especially whenever Clay was in the process and he was talking to us about it, that he would always come in and tell us about how bad a shape we were in based on their predictions and the money that we had spent that we didn't have, all of these things. But uh, the representative from them actually came in and was like, you know, you you guys have made a bunch of sacrifices. The arrow, arrow is pointing in the correct direction. Yeah. You guys have made a bunch of sacrifices over the years, and that's put you in a pretty decent spot right now. So I think I thought that was pretty neat, uh, kind of a, a change of tune to hear from our f- financial consultants here. And it's a, I don't know, it's pretty neat. We've always heard about just how bad the county is doing financially and to hear like uh, the sacrifices that have been made in county departments is starting to pay off as it was a good thing. Because, I mean, you and I hear from a lot of department heads. We know people, mm-hmm. we talk to people and they are, they're always like, well, you know, don't have a lot of money. It, it, they're always, there's always complaints about the money and to hear that, Oh, the, you're complaining about the money, but at least things are starting to look better is a positive sign. Yeah. But all right. So you, you know, what kind of causes things to look a little bit better is when property values go up, exponentially as they have and you get your letter and it says hey your house was worth 150 but now it's worth 180 what that does is it creates the opportunity for the government to tax that additional $30,000 so they're capped out at say they're capped out at 1% so instead of paying $1,500 out of your household you're paying $1,800 so the county without having to make cuts now they've got an extra $300 just from your household to spend so they've got you know, if they go from having a budget that's funded by with thirty million dollars and it goes to thirty five million dollars because the property values increased, it solves a lot of their issues in a hurry. For sure, and also the COVID nineteen money that we've been getting definitely helps to put some money into coffers and take care of expenses that we otherwise would have been worried about. Um, and there was a lot of conversation about COVID nineteen money that also happened at the meeting and grants and things that we had gotten what that money was going towards. I did notice that they were going to be hiring some more jail officers. 
Um, so that, and they were going to be using some of that, um, money to provide like sign on bonuses for those officers, uh, to staff our brand new jail. And then we are also going to be purchasing a new ambulance, uh, for Henry County EMS. And that was a shocking amount to me. I have no idea how much ambulances cost, but whenever I saw it in the courier, it was listed as costing $400,000. And I thought, dang, that's insane. But I mean, it's not like you're going to a dealership and just buying a Ford Super Duty. <laughs> I just wish they had like, a couple of Lambos and just let us rent them, you know? <laughs> you want... You want to rent Lamborghinis from the county government? I'd be a lot cooler than renting an ambulance. Can you imagine, take, Zach? What would happen if we took a Lamborghini down our uh, down our county roads reliably? That's why you oh. buy the Huracan or Hurricane or whatever. It's all wheel drive. Oh yeah, yeah uh, it's SUV. slow. You, you want to get a uh, an Urus? That's the SUV. The Urus. Yeah. Oh well, those are sweet too. too. <laughs> I'm just saying, so anything cool. else, I, I, we get to spend $400,000 on a lot cooler vehicles. I'm sorry. The new Corvettes have the air ride suspension system that lifts them up. So, like, if you are going into a business that has, like, a slight curb, then you can press the button to lift it that little bit so you don't bottom out. And then if you press the button again, then it saves that location in the car's GPS. And whenever you get a few hundred feet away, it will automatically do it every time. And so, like, a drive through that you go to occasionally, and you're like, oh, dang. Click, click. Corvettes were also Always developed on Michigan roads. Yeah. So they can handle. I just, I, mean, I just heard listening to a podcast that they're really good on rough roads. So that would get, I don't know about getting you to the hospital, but that would get you to you pretty quick. But I don't doubt that ambulances are. They're good. They're expensive. The, tr- the trucks, ex- the trucks, one thing is all the stuff on the back. And I bet that's, right. that's all hand built somewhere. And then all the equipment that goes in the back and. And it's that stays a, a lot of money though. Well, it's also a uh, you know the the demand is great, but production is low. So just- yeah, I, I can imagine during COVID, if you've got a bunch of federal money that came slammed in, and the people yeah. are like, "Yeah, let's buy some fire trucks, buy some ambulances," all of a sudden that three hundred thousand dollars piece of equipment is is selling no problem at all at four fifty. Yeah, and for guess the what? company. Yeah, pretty much only company, governments I, buy them. So. Yeah. Well, it's I, well, I mean, private companies buy them too, but mm. it's still. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that because like, that's how Henry, most of Henry County has been private. Like, like when I was growing up, you, when you call an ambulance service, it was a private ambulance service. It was not a state funded ambulance service. A lot of them um, are through hospitals and things. Yeah. The, um, but either way, my point being is like, yeah, it's just market. Like you've got free money. There's a huge demand and, uh, they're not employing more people. So. It's just going to raise the prices. Something near and dear to Jesse's heart is the uh, the hops industry and our uh, local hoppery, the hop farm, Crazy Horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a uh, an abatement that was up for renewal. Was the understanding I have, mm-hmm. and the uh, the county had questioned whether or not they were going to to renew it. Uh, they voted, I believe it was six to one, seven to one, in favor of going ahead and renewing. Um, the representatives from from Crazy Horse spoke to the council mm. and essentially said, hey, yeah, hard to hire people with COVID. We haven't hit our numbers, but we came up short. We've also had some rough years with COVID, you know, and bad weather for, for hops, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, in preparing the show notes, uh, Dakota noted that Chad Malico was the one member who voted against that, mm. uh, against extending it basically on the metric of 
hey, we didn't achieve achieve the goal, so you're not you're not going to if you don't hit the numbers that you promised us at the front end of this project, we're not going to continue to give you an abatement for it. Our friend Corey Murphy did also note that they are the largest top producer in the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, definitely in Indiana, and then probably in the Midwest. Yeah. So and you should always... Cool. Uh, so, and, and what the ownership of the group basically said was, hey, we're trying to grow. We tried to hire... I think they said they, they had 40 applicants, 20 were qualified, and one actually started. Yeah. yeah. It's, That's uh, difficult. It's, uh, I mean, it's not like it's easy work to work in the... Uh, I have a family member that used to work there, and it's it's not like... it. I mean, typical farmhand labor is difficult enough, but then you add in something brand new that no one around has any kind of, um, you know, industry knowledge on. Not done it for generations. You're you're doing it. Everyone's learning at the same time. It adds that little extra bit of effort into the whole process. You know, you're outside all the time and then you have your peak seasons and your low seasons and that can be difficult to adapt to as well. So it's not like it's an easy job. So sometimes you might get some applicants and they think that oh, I just wanted a job and then they actually hear what it's going to be. And they they just back out. Say, Nope, not yeah. doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, pretty cool. I mean, the, it, the coolest thing about like crazy horse is that there's a beer actually that's um, made. Uh, this is like me promoting a beer, but um, by Pax Verum called yeah. the Indiana pale ale. And uh, it's made with the hops from there, and the malts come from, I'm pretty sure it's called Sugar Creek Malts, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is near Crawfordsville or in Crawfordsville. Uh, so it's cool. It's a beer made by Paxarium. The malts are from that air, wherever the hell they are at Sugar Creek Malts. And then uh, those hops are made from there in Nicetown. And so it's always nice when I go to the Block and Brew in Nicetown and... I can buy that beer and sit and drink and drink a beer that was made with hops that were made about a mile and a half down the road, two miles down the road. So, yeah, that's as local cool. as you can get unless Pretty, you, you grow them local. yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, the beer is made there, right? The production for the beer is made there. The malts come from a couple hours away, and then the the hops are made a couple hours away. Not a couple hours, sorry, a couple miles away. It's a super local beer. It's it's not the best beer, but it's a really good, decent beer for like if you're trying to support local. So, have you toured the Crazy Horse? I haven't, no. should have those guys on the podcast, another, too. Another I, think field trip coming? I think I've told you guys should have those guys on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you should continue to push local business owners all across the New York County in here. So. Wow, okay. People producing content. You're, producing a, you're content. a booking agent, man. Hook it up. I was just talking to Katie the other night about it. So, layman. At, uh, at the Primo. Primo, yeah. All right. Or she can come on, too. You just need to start hooking these things up, Jesse. You have an idea, then I, I mean, you're on the website. Then you can. <laughs> this is a you can make meeting. things happen. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, Jesse, you're in charge. Uh, yeah, you're an equal. We're, you're we're an gonna, equal member here. We got a whiteboard. All this, guys, right here, right now. <laughs> Did you send a Slack message? I don't have. I'm not on Slack. I'm not. <laughs> Neither am I. If you guys can buy Slack, I'd be great at help my stock prices for my company I work for. So, so the Indiana General Assembly about a week ago. Yep. Got called back in for a special session. Governor Holcomb is the person that can call a special se- special session. And he said, hey, gas prices suck. We don't want to do a gas tax holiday because we're the crossroads of America. And all those dirty people from Ohio and Illinois that drive I-70 
can come over here and buy gasoline from us and, and get a free ride. So we don't want to give a gas holiday to the people of Indiana. We want to still charge the full, whatever the heck it is going to be. Gas price is getting ready to jump up again in July. 61 cents a gallon. <clears throat> because they collect sales tax. It, it adjusts once a month. So buy your gas. If you're getting ready to go 4th of July, go fill your tanks before June yeah. 30th is over. Yeah. Come July 1st, you're going to have a price increase because the state increases increase the amount they're going to do. State of it Indiana goes up right before July 4th anyway. Right. So if, you're, if your tank's not full, go fill it now. That's point one. Point two, the governor and the leaders of the Indiana GOP have essentially come to an agreement before they've called the session that said, we're going to take a billion dollars of the state's five billion, six billion taxpayer help hold back. And they're going to give a billion dollars back out to taxpayers just straight up. We're going to write you checks and here's your rebate, prebate, whatever. And you're going to get this back. So that's what they have called as the give back to try to help out with the inflation that's there. We're going to do that for you. The inflation, they're going to give money out due to the inflation that was caused by giving money out. I think I saw somebody say it was going <laughs> to it, it the, was good at- <laughs> the labor to produce checks, the labor to do all this stuff, and you could just, it's way easier. Well, they're like, going to direct switch. deposit. They, they'll direct deposit it to those that, that, that can have yeah, a direct It still deposit. costs money, and it still costs labor, versus like, oh, it's just not going to charge on the gas for like a couple of days. You want to know the secret, Jesse? The reason that they're not suspending the gas tax it has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with the optics come election time. Sure. Well, and they don't, it's just, it's, I'm surprised the federal is going to do it. Because if you got rid of that in state, people are like, oh, well, gas isn't that bad. I guarantee you that if Joe Biden wasn't <laughs> it's not, it's suspending the now. national gas tax, yeah. then the Republicans in Indiana would be down to do it. Oh, absolutely. They yeah, just no, don't want to do the same yeah, thing that Joe just, Biden's doing. Yeah, Some states have done it. But they, they want the credit for, for writing checks back to you, and they want to avoid the free rider problem, right? So that's that. That's the attempt that's going to be made. Sure. They can't just write the checks. They have to call them back in. Conveniently or inconveniently, depending upon how... How many... Like, What is the average check going to be? Is for a couple... Like it's a billion, $225 per person, per taxpayer. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those that say that it, that it hurts the inflation side... When the federal government was sending out a couple thousand dollar checks to you, they were printing it out of out of thin air. Yeah, this is money that yeah. truly the state of Indiana doesn't print money, so this is money they did collect from taxpayers, and they have more than they expect. Yeah, I did kind of. I asked somewhere where somebody posted about it, and I don't think anybody ever responded. I because I asked, I was like, is there a difference here? Because I, inflation to me is when you're creating money, which is what the Fed federal government's really good at. They just print more money. And that's what devalues money. But this is money that actually exists. This is in a bank account somewhere. Yeah, this is a surplus. And so it's not being, yeah, it's not more this, debt being taken out. This yeah. is surplus money. The state's in a good spot. And honestly, as much as we'd like to think the economy of the state of Indiana is a big deal, giving a $225 right, to each yeah. taxpayer in the state of Indiana is not going to have a hell of an impact on the national economy and us, our, us, our consumerism and pushing that things forward. Yeah. Um, Arguably, it's going to buy two tanks worth of gas. So. <laughs> if I Man, care. that's if you have a. That's, yeah, I mean, if you don't have a truck, if you're buying a car, it's <laughs> yeah, like two. Cars. I think I put, I filled up the other day, and my car was like eighty some dollars. So that's it, and that's with low grade gasoline, which is not what my car takes. That's it. 
over the weekend, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, which basically said, hey, abortion rules are entirely dependent upon what the states want to do. The governor, the day of the overturn, put a statement out saying, hey, we have this thing scheduled. Uh, I would be inter- I'm pro-life and I'd be interested in talking about it during the session that we already have scheduled. Yeah. Right, because so, we currently don't have laws on the books regarding abortion. Indiana, according to the Indianapolis Star today, said that it's still pro- prohibited in the state of Indiana. Or it, it's still legal, rather, yeah. in the state of Indiana. Yeah, it's still legal for the time being. So what, what I can see coming is the potential for a storm that could really change this election in the fall. Oh, absolutely. Where, where if without a committee process, without public involvement, without having an election where this is a legitimately on the ballot in the discussion and you just say, Hey, in a summer emergency session that we scheduled a couple weeks ago to give you all a billion dollars, we went ahead and, and said, Hey, yeah, you can't have an abortion in Indiana or made some really draconian rules. Yeah, he's going to fast pace it and fuck himself. So. They, there are going to be some <laughs> very, very uh, motivated voters yeah. Yeah, this fall what and I in two think, years. I think that especially um, you're going to see a lot of Democrats in really red counties that usually wouldn't vote in this election that are going to turn out in droves because of this issue. It's not just that. You're going to find Republicans who are pro yeah, I guess I shouldn't have just said <laughs> you're going to find Democrats. a bunch of pro-choice Republicans getting really pissed off. And yeah. and what you potentially are going to see is that you have for my entire life, literally my entire existence, Roe v. Wade has been the law of the land. Yeah. We haven't had an actual conversation thought of a legitimate hey, this could change. Like it's it's always been a theoretical out on the horizon. Yeah, there's people talking whatever. I never expected the Supreme Court to overturn it. Even when we saw the, the the draft language that got leaked about a month and a half ago, I didn't think I didn't know that it was necessarily going to be real. Yeah, it's been hypotheticals in libertarian circles forever. Right. So this this has come true, <laughs> and there's there's legislators that I I know that they have boilerplate language they put on their website that says yes I'm pro life I want to do this I want to do this. Rubber's getting ready to meet the road in an incredible way for legislators. Yeah, that are facing an election in. A hundred and some days. It's been a carrot that they've been able to dangle out to attract support from certain voters. But for the most part, without ever actually having to, like, do anything. They've had 50 years to prepare for having to do something. And all of them have said that they would. And none of them have. And now... Now it's getting real. They're like that husband said, yeah, I'll fix that. I'll fix that. I'll fix that. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, you need to fix that right now. And they're like, oh, wait. Yeah. I didn't actually think I was going to ever have to fix this. I thought I was just going to – I could put it on my website. I wouldn't ever have to take action on it. The Indianapolis Star contacted 150 legislators, and they heard back from one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – They it's... heard back from one. Poor Tom Saunders, by the way. Tom thought he was done. Yeah. Right. Tom was here and he said, I, I waved goodbye. I had signed dine. It's over. And then he had to go back and do the override thing. And then he, we talked to him about the gas tax thing, maybe coming back. And he said, I don't think we're going to get called back in, but maybe who knows. And now this is potentially the definitive issue of 50 years for the Indiana General Assembly. And it, it, Tom doesn't want to go back. Right. He's yeah. he's retired. 
And now they're expecting lame duck legislators to go back and decide this issue without My, any committee work, without any of the process, mm-hmm. without the public. Dis- it, they are. There is a. It's like a no win for him. There's that's like, what worries me. Yeah. My my huge worry is that a special session is constitutionally limited in the state of Indiana to last only 40 days until it's done. And now guess what? They have 40 days to try to figure out legislation for one of one of the if not the most complicated and nuanced issues that they will ever face. Yeah, one of the most important Potentially one of the most important sessions that the legislature has had yet in the last 50 years, and they're on a timetable. It's insane to me. It boggles my mind, and it seems like political suicide for the Republicans. It is, and that's they don't care. Uh, my, one, my old <laughs> boss, before he retired, one of the things that he used to always tell us is that a no decision is better than a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. Doing Taking no action is what I would advocate for at, at this moment. I think you need to have one, if not two election cycles before you even begin to, to have this conversation. So what, what, so what do you do? Nothing. No, no, the way no, no, it's no, been no. for 50 years. You hand so up the you $225. Just, but there's nothing on our books. So you just inherit the previous law. Like you can't just do nothing. There's nothing on the books. So you used to, it's a medical as of right now in the state of Indiana, it's an approved medical procedure. So nothing changes. You don't make it a criminal act. You don't prosecute. You don't make it a criminal act. Based off of the previous based federal upon, law. Yeah. Based okay. upon the. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I'm just. Based upon the standard of, of, of society in the in the state of Indiana. I mean, it, to me, that's the wisest thing to do because you're there are people looking to vacate their states. If you want to from a get a lot of people here to live in a place that lives uh, well below the cost of, you know, like a higher cost of average, an affordable area, an affordable area. Uh, You want to attract talent. I mean, I maintain the the pace that the fucking fed did and people will move here because just because it's a haven for them. Uh, Cause I could do it at my work. It's, it's a massive conversation. This is going to be such an emotional issue. Such an emotional issue I mean, already over is. the next three years. The this election that you're going to see now between uh, Nan Polk and Corey Criswell it is going to be no, that, yeah. it, it's going to be the issue now. I, I guarantee that's going to be the issue that's going to that's your mailboxes as voters in this in District 54 in Henry County buckle up in every race. But this is an open seat, right? We've heard about we've heard from Nan on this this issue on social media and there's not been a peep from Chris well or his team. Corey's mailers were pro-life. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I'll, pro-life I'll, on his mailers, on his website. He was endorsed by the anti-gay political action committee that attacked Betsy. So, I mean, and I think and talk about people not having to actually act on it or they didn't think they're going to have to act on it. I saw some people with mailers they had information on there that was kind of stat, I would call it standard Republican language. And I'm like, that's not actually their position. Like, you knew that that wasn't actually their position. They were just trying to out-Republican each other for the primary. Right. And so some of these people are actually going to have to, like, they actually have to stay in their, what their actual beliefs are, at least legislatively. You've got to live with it. Is Like, is, you're going to be hung with whatever you do. different, yeah. And that, and, and, well, it's a roll call, right? Like, you get a... And Holcomb doesn't okay. care. Holcomb's on his way out the door, so he doesn't have any. There's no Holcomb. <laughs> have you seen his? Did you see his statement on Instagram? Stand by. 
Yeah, he's he was pro life. He's like, I'm doing. Well, I understand it. that, but he doesn't politically. The repercussions for him are not as significant as I mean, somebody who's has, running for. Unless he wants to be a senator. Future aspirations, you know. I then it, see then it could come back to. Biden. I mean, he doesn't have his. He doesn't have the imminent issues that other people have because he's. He could go down as hi- in history as the governor that turned Indiana purple or Indiana blue <laughs> instead of keeping Indiana red. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, we'll see how he. But does. I, I, to me, the, I have a ton of Republican friends who are very pissed off right now. So I, it's not to me this this issue isn't like red and blue. This issue is. It's a religious issue. It's a religious issue. It's, it's going to be generational. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's going to be generational. I know quite a few secular people that are pro-life as well. No, that, yeah, no. I mean, there are democratic. There are literally democrat groups who are pro-life. I, I've that's said, what I'm saying. It's not red and blue. It's it's, it's not a religious. It's like a religious. It's a religious problem. And there are pro-life, pro-choice Democrats, Republicans, yeah. Libertarians across the board. There yeah. are people that are fall into different categories in all of these parties. I mean, the the American Solidarity Party is a breakoff of the Democrat Party of basically just pro-life Democrats. Yeah, and it's they call why, themselves pro-life for the whole life. I was going to say I have tons of Republican friends on Facebook, you know, or right-leaning people, I should say. Um, not Republican like party members or whatever, but just conservative people who are they're pro choice and they are fucking mad. So it's it's, it's late in the process now. You can't recruit candidates, and this is why I said it's probably over the next three years. You're not gonna recruit candidates that are explicitly fired up over this. It's almost the same timing as you saw with the wind anti wind protesters in this in Henry County four and a half years ago. Yeah. Once well, you got to about scale. one, well, I know, but the, the the model is the same, right? It was mid election cycle where that that spark caught flame. No, yeah, yeah, no, where no, people couldn't get on the ballot at that point, and it didn't really happen that first that first election. But two years later, and the following two years after that, you had an entire regime change happen. We've witnessed that in Henry County, and I, man. <laughs> The Indiana GOP with super majorities on both sides, if if this does not work out in a way that the voting public is happy with, this could cost them a whole lot of political power in the state of Indiana. What is the uh, state Libertarian Party said? Does anyone know? Yeah. Yeah, they sent out a big statement that was a bunch of gobbledygook. On behalf of Evan, or like the the Libertarian Party of Indiana State Central Committee met over sent, the weekend. They sent out an essay, a freaking gigantic. Well, of course, essay. They, the Libertarians are dumb. <laughs> Just come out with like a tweet or something. Hang on, yeah. have to be massive. <laughs> come out with a tweet that says, "I, I don't uh, want to misquote it. I don't want. Uh, I don't want to assign any language." Here's, a, here's a link to our website with the LPIN platform plank on abortion. Yeah. Well, it's not even. Yeah, it's like well. The, the the line was, while the Libertarian Party holds no official position on the abortion topic, our members and candidates express their own opinions on it. The Libertarian Party and the Libertarian political thought are rooted in the ideas of self-ownership, bodily autonomy, medical freedom, individual privacy, freedom of association and expression, and personal choice with personal responsibility. One simple fact should be remembered. Abortion will not disappear. This procedure has existed in one form or another since the dawn of humankind. 
For those who want to see abortion eliminated, we must attack the circumstances that develop the need. We can do this by encouraging parents to engage children with age-appropriate reproductive health education, supporting private organizations that provide free contraception and reproductive health screening, removing the barriers to adopt and foster parenting, and treating rapists like the violent criminals that they are. The Indiana General Assembly has called, been called back for a special session in Indiana on inflation relief and will likely add this issue to their agenda. We encourage the elected legislators to consider this point, these points being made in this letter during the drafting, debating, and passage of any bill of this topic. So, yeah, there's not really a call to action in, the, in that statement. There's a bunch of nothing. It reads very uh, no, pro-choice. No, I mean, it, no, it, it's pro-choice, but it's it's. It, I mean, I don't. I feel like it's fairly well written. Um, it's well written. It's just like no. I mean, like I think it's a. a, a I think they should have stopped after paragraph two. Well, it's no. I, I think, actually omitted the first paragraph as well because it just gave the backstory we already gave. Yeah, I think that to me it reads. You know, uh, most of us are pro-choice. It seems like from what that reads. Uh, for those of us who are not, like there are things that we can do to try to reduce the. Well, there's the nuance. Need for there, there's there's nuance to the to the answer. And first of all, as a as a straight white guy, 38 years old, 39 next week. If y'all want to send cards, um, they, you know, I'm I'm not the subject matter expert, right? I'm yeah, not. I'm not in no, a, but you, uh, there there is still a voice that has to be heard, right? And there's yeah, but. Like and it's and the voice is like to champion what other people say, and that's where I'm like conservative women are pissed. Yeah, there are carve outs, right? There are. So, what about rape? What about incest? Yeah. What about what if it, what if the baby's going to be not going to be able? It to doesn't be even viable? have to be that. What it's if the just, mother's life is at risk? What if you want to make a choice? Right. Right. There are the, it, there are gradients all the way through this that have you know that you are trying to have 150 legislators work out in a special session in a week, you know, a week from now. Good luck. The level, yeah, the level of nuance is incredible. And then I saw, I even thought to myself to just if you're going to institute some kind of uh, ban on it, but then you open up a whole can of worms. And I could see it turning into you end up with an entire like cluster of laws trying to manage all of the nuance, and so then it turns into just it just gets. Well, that's the that's the request, right? Is that a lot of people have been like, uh, you should codify this, and it's not easy to codify because of nuance. Like, you know, as someone who writes logic, it's very hard. The more parameters there are, the like, the more complex the logic gets. It's, so here's is the reality: the abortion topic got short circuited in the '70s when Roe versus Wade happened. Right, that ended the legislative process. Congress never did what they needed to do to say yes, no, whatever. So we've lived in a world where this was essentially a, a time capsule that was sealed off and we didn't deal with it anymore. That seal has been pulled open and now all of a sudden it's the state's problem in two minutes. The legislative process never happened at the federal level. It may happen, right? Yeah. It, it, theoretically, Congress could step in and say we're doing this now or they could do it. They could try to do a constitutional amendment, put it in the Constitution, say, yes, you have right, right to per choice right you could they could do that federally and it could be back there and it could not be the state's option we don't know what's going to happen um, right it's dumping it on the state's plate without any pre- preparation that's a big problem because it's uh, people have their own like default 
laws or default default logic, right? Where it's like, hey, after thirty days, if they decide to return this, this is going to be enacted. Like they have all their like bullshit happening, right? But I think that, <clears throat> um, I don't know. Like it's it's a very weird thing to do. It's like <laughs> being being told, hey, we're going to make a decision on this next week. Figure it all out. Yeah, I that's, think like it that's, it's like a game of hot potato where you just need to take no action. Yeah, and I I said to my you know like my friends that are you know in Indian stuff, it's a very huge issue for them. I mean, it's a huge issue for me, but um, I can't change anything. So it's and nobody can right. It's, no one can change really anything. So but so I don't pick it or anything. I don't, it doesn't change shit. But I think that. The yeah the the making you say we can't change anything, but with Roe v. Wade being overturned, you now have the opportunity to vote for people who represent your values on this subject. If it matters to you a whole lot, you can call them, talk to them, you can email them, write them letters, you can make your voice known on this topic more than what you could have before whenever it was just decided by nine unelected people 50 years ago. I, I would say the state of Indiana shouldn't take any action until 24, no, I, I think like, I'm agreeing with you. I yeah. think the, the state from the state's perspective remain neutral and just inherit what was the law of the land. Stay status quo for at least four years. Yeah, and th- th- for both parties, like that's the best thing to do. And especially for the Republicans, because otherwise it's fucking suicide. Like, and because, yeah, but what it is under what, what's going to happen? It's just underestimated. Like people think that all rep, like conservatives are ultra religious, and it's not true. What's it's just not true? The primary voters on the GOP side, if these folks that got elected don't take action, this is this is the political reality of it. In two years, when they're up again, they're going to get primaried, and it's going to be a tough road to hoe. If they had all the opportunity in the world to get the issue passed and they didn't do it. It is the ultimate rock and hard place for incumbent Republicans. Oh yeah. It's, it's just, it's a fucking nightmare. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like there's, that's when I say there's nothing to do. It's like, I can't change anything. Like, or especially right now, like given the timelines we have, like you can't do anything. Like the only thing we can do, I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to do it. I, oh, I, I would, well, I, I would know advise they're going it. to do it. But I, no, I, I know they're I going to do it. I think there's going to be action taken. And Let I'm, me say I this. Like, I am the pro-choice person. So when I say me or we, I'm talking about pro-choice people. There is nothing you can do to combat it. Like, uh, like my friends are very upset and I'm like, I don't know. Like you can go pick it. That's not going to change shit. Like you, you need to be contacting everyone in the state house and letting your voice be heard. But even then that shit doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter because we are in a very red state. It's not going to fucking help. It's just not going to help. It could. I think it definitely could. Um, I think this is one of those topics that can't, it's, it's, it, you said it's like a bipartisan thing. It's, and I think the each, I think some groups, I think it is a bipartisan, but I don't think the representatives Oh, give a shit that it's bi- that it's yeah. a bipartisan. They are going to vote how they feel because their names are on the fucking papers, and they don't want to like potentially uh, piss off religiously, like their own religious convictions or whatever the fuck it is that have some voting, whatever ways they vote. It's like, well, don't take the fucking job. 
Like, don't do it. Like, yeah. I think that I think the risk of the primary challenge is what's going to cause legislators to take action and to do something. But I don't know. I the results of it may be their own political. They're smart and they just craft the just the most basic legislation that kind of does something but doesn't really do like leaves a big open loophole for people. It doesn't. It's not an outright ban. Like I guess Texas, a couple of states had trigger laws that went into you want, effect. You want the, right. the Indiana texting ban is what you want. Yeah. So, and just, <laughs> you know, like hey, we passed something and like you know te- I think Texas is. I've heard that theirs and I didn't. Look, but it has like no loopholes. There's no out. There's no incest. There's no rape out. There's nothing. It's just heard the same about South Dakota. Yeah, and so just keep. Like, Every state that had trigger laws does have exemptions for health of the mother. Yeah. Every state. Well, but yeah, I know, but health of the mother is not the only problem. Like, I know. And I'm I, just I, saying, I understand like, that. I don't even there's understand. There's a lot of people saying there's no exemptions yeah. in yeah, some states. Right. And That's I understand that, like, and I understand that, like, you know, even if it's 2% or 3% of abortions are like just rape people, like, like people that have, you know, been unfortunately exposed to rape or whatever. That, like, there's just so again the nuance is so great. It's you can't just make a decision in a couple fucking months. <laughs> like if you want to support it or if you want to pacify both people, um, I, I think one of the first things is like it can't be state sponsored like that. Like there are ways to handle this where it's a little bit better. Where it's like, hey, this stuff isn't state. Like my like really, if you just get rid of the fucking like government money. I think that would pacify most Republicans. And like, that's all you need to do. It's like, it's a, it's a private thing. You can do it without getting, going to jail, but there's no state money going in, towards it. In 2016, that was one of the tenets of the, when this issue came up and Rex Bell was running for, uh, for governor and I was his campaign manager. Uh, that was what Rex would say is that yeah. you're never going to solve it legislatively, but we can all agree that you should never have to pay for somebody else's abortion. Yeah. Right? And it's that you take that you don't do it with taxpayer dollars. Yeah. We are never going to solve this on this, on this episode. Uh, we're going to watch it. We're going to pay attention. We're going to uh, see how it affects Henry County and the state of Indiana general assembly. And I'm sure this is not the first, the only episode we're going to get into it on. <laughs> uh, Zach, let's, let's start moving into final thoughts. You got anything for me? Not really. I mean, like we're pre- prepping for an epic weekend. Yeah, and uh, the weather's all over the place. It's gorgeous out today. It's going to be super hot, and it's going to be cool again. So, um, so yeah, not much. Um, they, I mean, they, the the Saturday, the stuff they had going on Saturday was really cool for the the hoopla festival. Um, the firemen were playing like the water ball thing, which was kind of fun to see. Uh, kind of like tug of war with the ball, but using the fire hoses. And then um, the effort that went into the knockout. Uh, record attempt were pretty impressive. Like the, the Pacers had people there, the Fever had people there, Boomer was there. Um, three generations of the Alfords were all there. Um, I, I think, saw the uh, the Division One Newcastle basketball players were back in the house. Luke yeah. Bumbleo, Mason Gillis. Yeah, I saw Mason Gillis. I said hi, hi to him because I, I've I work with a relative of his, and uh, his name pops up a lot at work. Um, and so so it was really cool to see. It was a bummer to to hear that they weren't going to make it. Um, but it was still impressive to see like the main people have been in the field house. Um, like the main section behind the bench was probably like almost half full of people. So even with short, it was a lot of people in there. It filled up the largest section of grandstands in there. Um, 
was, it was really, it was, it was pretty entertaining to watch too. I was, like I said, flying a drone in there, but very carefully, which means I was pretty much flying it straight up like a big selfie stick because I wasn't going to buzz around a lot in there with it. <laughs> um, but the, the, there was a guy doing commentating. It was hilarious because he was cracking on people because it's Newcastle. He knows everybody. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, and then they had concerts going on at the park and a car show. And so it was a, a cool day for Newcastle. Um, even if they didn't break the record, I hope they take another crack at it because we had the perfect facility with the field house. I um, think, I think our community is going to get it. We just have yeah. to, it's, we have to learn from it and, and take another shot. And if it's between Christmas and New Year's, damn it, I'll be home. We'll, I'll get there. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't travel too much that time of year. So yes. Yeah. I think the Hall of Fame classic or a sectional game, um, or even you might, I'm not sure. I haven't been to the, I'll be honest. I haven't been to a basketball game in a while, but like one that like, Blue River, New Shenandoah games. A lot of times those travel real well. Like a lot of people come into town for those, so they can get that done, I think. Jesse, you got any final thoughts for us? Things we forgot? Anything you want to promote? No, I don't have anything. Just uh, apparently be careful with COVIDs out there, just hanging out. So so you are playing Hurt today. You you recently have recovered. You've, we've, you've shown me the negative test. Yeah. You're back. Negative as of last Friday. Past this past Friday, so you've met you've met the uh, the the boss hog of liberty and the CDC standards to return to work. Your unpaid work here, yep. and and you're you're doing fine. Yeah, uh, just coughing up every morning. You know, you have told us that the the coughing goes away with alcohol. So you've been you've been doing a little medicating. I've been heavily medicated. So it's helped. It's helped. You've barely coughed. Yeah, a couple times. Honestly, it's some of your best work. That is. I think it was the wine. Uh, well, it's probably yeah. the blood of Christ we had earlier, but <laughs> uh, which Zach is taking home. So, if, you know, if you guys want to rob from him the blood of Christ, you'll have it. It's also just called grape juice, but <laughs> <laughs> depending upon how Baptist you are, Dakota, do you have final thoughts for me? Um, I don't really have anything, Jeremiah. I'm all good tonight. You've been doing a lot of scribbling over there. You've yeah, nearly, uh, you've nearly destroyed a pen. I would say, well, the pen. Hold, hold it up for the live stream tried to camera. Make this one work, you know. This one doesn't work at all. Dakota is a pen graveyard. He sits there and breaks them, doodles them down. They 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 get down to nothing, and then we're it's over. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I didn't know where the conversation was going to go tonight. I think it was uh, productive, enjoyable. Uh, I am so glad to be back in the state of Indiana today. We we concluded a ten day thirty. I, I plugged it into Google Maps. We had essentially thirty four hours of actual travel time in the car. Uh, to, to get to all the different stops, made it to two Olympic cities on the, on the vacation. Saw a couple of great lakes. Saw a ton of ships go by. Saw the uh, uh, one. There was a replica of Christopher Columbus's ship. The uh, the what was the one that actually made it to Haiti? I don't know, but all of this sounds like you fit your Nike Monarchs the Pinto, very the Santa well. Maria. This the I think it was the uh, the Santa Maria. Uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a trip. Enjoyed myself. Saw Mount von Hobenberg. Uh, the uh, where the the U.S. bobsled skeleton Olympic teams train and they held the Olympics there twice, eighty and eighty, uh, eighty, or eighty and thirty-two. Saw the place of the Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So really fun. Hung out in the Adirondacks. Well worth it. Uh, and truly, uh, Zach, I think you need to take your family to Letchworth State Park at some point. Spend a week. It's it's an epic uh, epic location, and they've got an Olympic sized swimming pool. You people would like it. Oh, yeah. We spent some time in like my kids lazy river for nine hours last weekend. How bad were the sunburns? Uh, not bad. We were pretty good about, about every 90 minutes reapplying sunscreen. 
Jackson's got a little bit of sun on his face, but that was as much from Baker. We were at Baker Pool Saturday, and he got some sun there too. It's hard to pin him down, but that water slide, no, not interested. Anything else? No, just lazy river for hours a day. <laughs> there we go. I listen. I'm a sucker for a lazy river. I'm all in. The, the key is and the, the adult grown up lazy river is Jesse's uh, Knightstown, uh, Newcastle to Knightstown Big Blue River float. The, well, the key is is that they need to have two lazy rivers. There needs to be a kids <laughs> lazy river because kids don't actually lazy river for crap. They don't know how to be lazy. They're all just running around crazy. There needs to be an adult lazy river. And I've been to a water park that had an adult only twenty one over lazy river with its own bar. And, and, say, the fl- and the tubes had cup holders. The, uh, I was going to say, the- have you ever been to Turkey Run Float? I have not floated at Turkey Run. The Turkey Run Float's pretty awesome. And you just bring your own beer or grape juice. And, uh, you know, it's a great time. I've never heard Jesse so optimistic about the outdoors. It's awesome. It's just, like floating down the, sh- just floating down Sugar Creek? They're floating down Sugar Creek. It takes like three or four hours, and it's like three or four miles. It's awesome. COVID has changed the man. With that, we will see you guys on Thursday night soon.